Hannah, have you been to a concert that I haven't been at? Wait, (laughs) let me think. I was thinking about this earlier today, and I'm pretty sure... I've I'm I've only ever gone to concerts with me and then mom. Right? Yeah, that's right because up until 2 years ago I had only been to two concerts in my life. Yeah. And then I doubled that in like a span of a couple weeks to a month with you. Yeah. But yeah, I think every concert I've been to has been with you and or slash mom. Okay. My first concert was also your first concert. Yes. We went and saw Train and Maroon 5. Keep in mind, this was Maroon 5 before they became a, a computer Maroon 5. I was trying to come up with a funny thing, and I can't I can't think that hard right now. Yeah, this was Maroon 5, like, Sunday morning era. A little, a little, it was like Moves Like Jagger era. Okay. And Train was yeah. in their, their Hey Soul Sister phase, and then they disappeared forever. <laughs> Essentially. I haven't heard anything from Train in, again, like 10 years, probably when we went to that concert. Yeah. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) I think my second concert was also your second concert. I think. I think it might have been my third concert. Okay. Yeah, I got tickets for my birthday to go see Carrie Underwood. Mm -hmm. And Alyssa got to come with me as like a birthday gift. But yeah, that was my second. Yeah, I think that might have been my third. I went to a concert with some friends in high school before that. And then I had a string of um, concert experiences. Like, I probably went to 15 in, like, two to three years. Like, a music festival. Just, like, a, a large spree. And then, right before the pandemic, in the, like, a six-month period before the pandemic, we went to two concerts. Pretty close together. I, a coworker of mine was like, hey, I have these <laughs> Jonas Brothers tickets, which... Me and Alyssa said if you had told us in middle school we would have gone and seen a Jonas Brothers concert as 20-something-year-olds, we would have, like, laughed in your face. Oh, we would have been so upset and aghast to hear that. She had really good seats, and she's like, they're in, you know, uh, Grand Rapids. She's like, I, my friend can't go. I don't want to waste this money. I can't. She couldn't, like, get money back on them because she didn't purchase the whatever. And she offered them me for, like, 20 bucks a ticket or something like that. It was pretty cheap. Yeah, and then after that, Alyssa got me tickets for my birthday to one of my favorite bands, We The Kings, and Simple Plan was with them, and I was like, that's pretty cool. (laughs) But yeah, it was a fun concert. Yeah, it was fun. It was kind of in a small venue, also in Grand Rapids as well, weirdly, but yeah, and then right around that time, I um, got tickets to see Billy Joel for my birthday, and you and me and our mom were gonna go, and then (laughs) tragedy would strike in the form of a pandemic, and now that concert has been delayed for two years. (laughs) At least. Maybe. At least. But I did see an article today. Billy Joel performed live for the first time since the pandemic. He lost 50 pounds. So he's doing good. He's in good health. I have high hopes that he will be performing next summer. Let's hope. But please, like, I keep forgetting that it's a birthday present. Because, I like, one time I was thinking, like, what did I get for my birthday? Because um, it was for my 25th birthday. And then I can't remember because it was that. <laughs> and I haven't gotten to use it. I haven't gotten to go yet. Yeah, because me and mom didn't, neither of us got you anything because I helped mom pay for them. Yeah. And we were so excited. Like, I was so excited when I came up with the idea. Because I told my mom, I said, you know, Billy Joel's going to be in Michigan. He, had, he hadn't been in Michigan. He rarely performs outside of New York. Right. But... In 2020, he was supposed to perform at, I think, like, five or six venues outside of New York. Yeah. One being Detroit. Yes. 
And so we were super like excited about it. We bought the tickets. We told you about it because we had to make sure you didn't like plan anything for it like during that week. Of course. And then yeah, it got pushed back and then it got pushed back again. And that leads us to now, which is another sadly failed concert attempt. I have been trying to see the Killers in concert for like almost 10 years at this point. They were one of the bands I got into really early, like when I had an iPod and I started to like buy my own music, you know, other than like things that my parents listened to or, you know, good old Kelly Clarkson, Avril Lavigne, Pink, you know, that era. The Killers were one of the first bands that like I got into and we were maybe going to go see them in high school and then that, that didn't work out. And then in college, I was went to this um, music festival in Detroit called Mopop and Brandon Flowers, the lead singer of The Killers, was performing and he usually performs some killer songs. So I'm like, oh, great. I can at least get a little bit of it. And then it like thunderstormed and like was pouring rain and they kicked a bunch of people out. And so we left and then they were like, oh, just kidding. He's performing. So I missed it because we left. So that system didn't work well. And then he was going to perform again in Windsor. But it was the day I was coming back from my study abroad where I had been overseas for a month. And I'm like, there is no way I can make it to a concert at nighttime in Windsor when I've been in a, an eight hour, like six to eight hour time difference. So that fell through again. And now Hannah had told me, she said, do you have any plans this date? Yeah, I was super excited because I saw the Killers were going on, like, on tour, and they were going to be in Detroit, and I was like, this is perfect. So I told Alyssa to kind of keep that weekend open. I bought the tickets, made it so you could get, like, a refund, bought the insurance on them, and then our, <laughs> my aunt texted us, and she's like, oh, your cousin's getting married. This is the date, like, just so you have save it. The, save the date. Save the yeah. date for next year. As soon as I saw that date, I had this feeling. I was like, that's the day of the Killers concert. I just know it. It's funny because I also had a feeling. I was like, I feel like I have something on that date. And then you texted me. Yeah. And so it's just, it was the same exact date. I was like, well, that sucks. Um, I was trying to, we were trying to see like what other venues he, they were going to be at. Because I told Alyssa about it at this point because I was like, yeah. you know, it, obviously we're not going. So like they were going to be in like in Ohio, which the wedding was going to be in Ohio the night before, but I was like, do we really want to go to a concert and then have to go, like, drive that night or the next morning for a wedding? Like, probably not. Um, yeah, so we're not totally 100% not going. We just have to maybe see if there's another city we can go to. Yes, there's a couple cities that potentially could work for a weekend. Yeah. But I don't know. The universe just really does not want me to see the killers. No. Just doesn't want it to happen. Just they just don't want me to enjoy live music. No, because considering Billy Joel's been delayed, and then <laughs> oh, and then yeah, I really wanted to go see Fletcher. You know, I told Alyssa I was like, oh, she's gonna be in Detroit, and Alyssa's like, oh, and then she was gonna, she's like, oh, do you want to go for your birthday? And I was like, perfect. She released her tickets within like four hours. The entire tour had sold out, not just Detroit. Yeah. Like, everywhere. Yeah, I I was like, okay, great. I'll look into it, like, tomorrow after work. And then you texted me the next day and were like, the ticket's already sold out. I didn't even know she was, like, they were going on sale today. And I was like, oh, well, great. Fantastic. They even moved the venue to a bigger venue and she still sold out really quick, so. Yeah. 
But yeah, so, you know, we're trying. We're not thriving, but who <laughs> really is thriving. at this point? I don't know. I don't I don't believe people who say they are. Yeah, no, know? they're lying. They are lying to themselves. <laughs> we're all black holes inside right now. Yeah. But yeah, uh, cheers to uh, eternal happiness and misery. Tongue, teeth, the lips. <laughs> ma, ma, ma. <laughs> you gonna say anything, or are you just gonna laugh? Welcome. <laughs> <laughs> this is Research Rank Repeat. I'm one of your co-hosts, Alyssa. And this is co-host Hannah. If you couldn't tell by my horrible, horrible singing and not well thought out or executed intro we're going back to music going back to our (laughs) bread and butter i don't know if i know bread and butter means in that context it's like uh uh, (laughs) i don't either do you (laughs) i don't know it's just an expression yeah it's like our bread and butter maybe it's like because you know what bread and butter is like you know what it's gonna taste like it doesn't matter what the bread or the butter is i always thought it was like back to the basics yeah, maybe. Roots, the thing that started us. Yeah, the thing that started us. We love a good music and we love a good ranking. And this is an idea I came up with trying to brainstorm ideas for a period of time. And I thought it would be interesting to kind of revisit something we had done previously. But essentially, Han and I each gave each other three artists that we liked that the other person was not very familiar with they may have heard like a song or two you know or like knew the artist but not really had heard through all the discontography stuff so our job was to take the three artists given to us and then pick i think 10 songs and like rank our top like our top 10 songs of those artists but anyway i really liked that idea and i was thinking about things we could do with music and i thought it would be cool to take an artist's one album and just have the other person rank that album yeah and uh, we actually ahead of time we recorded us revealing it to each other yes we did this uh, about two weeks ago yeah so we would have time to prepare but we wanted to just um document our live reaction to it. yes the reaction to our artist and what we were going to be listening to Mm -hmm. and so that will play now or It'll have already played whatever I decide to do because I'm editing this one. (laughs) We'll see. It'll be a real, it'll be a real treat. This is a little bit weird um, for us in the way we usually do things with recording, but we are recording this small segment that will, a few weeks before we actually will record this episode. Yeah, so... We thought it'd be better to capture this moment live. This is the first time we're revealing this to each other. We wanted to rank like an album of sorts and we didn't really know how to do it. And then Alyssa came up with a genius idea. Thank you. And said, what if we each picked an album that the other person hasn't listened to 
maybe they've heard a song or two off that album, but they haven't listened to all the way through by an artist maybe they're not super familiar with. And then you have to rank all the songs in that album, and then we're also going to rank the album we picked as well, just to compare each other's. We both picked an album for each other. We do have a backup just in case. So we are going to reveal. We are going to reveal. I'll go first. Okay. So... I'm a little worried that Alyssa may have introduced me to this artist. Yes. Although I have a shitty memory, so maybe I'm just remembering wrong. (laughs) This is a female solo artist. Okay. She is from Australia. All right. And she started around, I think, 2010, 2011. I would consider her in like the pop slash electronic EDM music. Kind of gives me a church's vibe. All right. We'll see if you know. Okay. Nothing? I don't recognize okay. it. Yeah. That's I, good. Yeah. I, uh, that's good. Nothing about it is familiar to me. And honestly, that's one of her more popular songs. Yeah. So this is Betty Who. Okay. I've, I've heard of okay. the artist, but I, I, yeah, I'm not familiar. Okay. And the album I'm going to have you listen to is from, it's called Take Me When You Go. Okay. It was, I think maybe her actual, her first album that came out. Okay. But yeah, I think I honestly don't remember. I started listening to her probably... I want to say three or four years ago. Mm-hmm. And now that I know it wasn't you who introduced me to her, I'm thinking I it was from someone I followed on Twitter or okay. like had posted something and okay. I just like found her music. But yeah, she's like, it gives me sort of like a church's vibes mm-hmm. a little bit. I'll tell you what my backup was. Okay. Yeah. I was going to maybe have you do Fletcher's album, okay. You Ruined New yes. York for Me, but it's only like six songs. Okay. And I have actually heard quite okay. a bit of her music. I was, I was thinking yeah. you probably had... And then my backup for that was going to be the album Diamonds by the artist Johnny Swim. Okay. Yeah. Okay. But yeah, I figured this is the one you would probably like the most style-wise. Okay. Yes. My artist is someone I discovered relatively recently, within the last year. She is a solo artist. She is someone I've discussed with you before. I'm hoping you did not go and listen to her music after I you went and listened to her music. No, oh, I think I have an okay. idea of who it might be. Okay, so here is the title song of, of her debut studio album, which came out last year. Any, you got anything? I honestly thought it was going to be Doja Cat. Okay. Or um, those two girls... Um, oh, uh, City Girls. City Girls. City Girls. Okay. So when you played that, I was not expecting yeah. that. Yeah, I thought about it. I thought about City Girls, but the artist's name is Rina Sawayama. Her debut album is called Sawayama after her last name. I discovered a song of hers last year that I liked and started put on a playlist. And then I was like, like I wonder what else this artist has because I just had heard the one song. And so I listened to this album and I was like, Oh, okay. And um, so she has a very pop-esque sound to her. She said that she draws inspiration from the early 2000s, like Christina Aguilera. She's a Japanese-British singer, actress, and model, I think. Okay. Okay, nice. Well, that's good. We didn't have to use our backups. What were your backups? So I had one main backup. It's this artist known as Beach Bunny. She is very much like a... It's mainly like storytelling. She has a song with Tegan and Sarah, like okay. a remix of a version. Cool. So that's that. All right. Or we'll be back with you when we record. See you then. Catch on the flip side. I had to do it. Yeah, of course.
I just, I couldn't, I was thinking about how we recorded that ahead of time and that was stuck in my head. I mean, we are recording this. Yes, we are recording this. Is it, is it live? It's is live. it live, Hannah? It's live. Yeah. Okay. So, you now know what artists we have. We know what artists we have. We're going to be going through and we're going to just be covering one album at a time. One artist and one album. We're going to cover one of them first all the songs, rank them, and then we're going to move on to the next one. As Hannah pointed out, the only way we can decide who goes first is to do rock, paper, scissors. Yes. So we're going to do that now. Best two out of three. Best two out of three. Okay. Rock, paper, scissors. <laughs> so delayed. I can't see. Okay. Oh. Okay. Rock, rock paper, paper, scissors. <laughs> Shoot. <laughs> Oh, okay. You okay. won. You won. All right. There, so what we've learned is there, no, there is enough of a delay on Zoom <laughs> that we cannot accurately do rock, paper, scissors in real time. Um, so you get to pick if you would like to do your, which album you'd like to do first. I would like you to go first. So my artist to you. Okay. We'll cover them first. All right. So you're going to do some background. I am. I have some background. So the artist and album I gave you is um, named... Her name is Rina Sawayama. Her album is called Sawayama. It was released in 2020. So just to give a little bit of a background about the artist. So she is a Japanese-British singer, songwriter, and model. She was born in 1990 in Japan, and her family moved to London at the age of when she was at five years old. So she initially started in a Japanese school, um, and then by middle school, she was in a like an all-English middle school. So... A lot of her music is uh, represented by her feelings of, like, assimilation and integration and not (laughs) integration. I don't know what I said there. And not really feeling like she fits in or not really knowing how she belongs. Her parents went through, like, a really messy divorce around that age when she was a teenager. And she also dealt with um, her sexual identity and you know struggled between being this like good studios kid and also really liking like going clubbing and things like that and music so she ended up going to cambridge where she graduated a degree in political science at cambridge she formed a hip-hop group with a someone named theo ellis who is of the band wolf alice now so was doing musical things with people in the industry She released her first single in 2013 called Sleeping While Waking that got some uh, attention. She released an EP in 2017 called Rena, which that got more attention from labels. And she was signed to Dirty Hit in 2019, which produced her debut album. Backing up a little bit, she released a, a single in... I believe it was 2017 or 2018 called Cherry, which was actually the first song that I heard of hers that like got me into her. And so it basically serves as her like coming out as like, she identifies as bisexual or pansexual. So, and so she's really heavily influenced by like teen pop of the the early 2000s, like Britney Spears, Christina Aguilera, Destiny's Child. Um, She also has some, takes some inspiration from the likes of like Avril Lavigne, Evanescence, Lady Gaga, and an artist, uh, I didn't look up the pronunciation of her name, um, Hikaru Utada. I didn't look her up, so I'm not sure. I think she's a Japanese uh, musician. And so the only other thing of interesting of note is that she expressed her, 
She was upset to learn that she was ineligible for a large amount of British awards for her album because she is not a a British-born citizen. Like, she was not born in the UK, so therefore she didn't qualify for British awards, which got a lot of attention and eventually um, gained a lot of support when Elton John was supporting her and, and, you know, speaking about it. Eventually, she would record one of her songs from her album. She would re-record it with him. So he features on her uh, deluxe version of this album. And eventually they changed the ruling. So it allows anyone who's lived in, I believe it's anyone who's lived in Britain for at least 10 years can qualify for this uh, awards. Those are the the main noteworthy things about her. The album is called, again, I've said it like 800 times, but her debut album, which is Sawayama, was released in April of 2020. There uh, was a released a deluxe version of the album in December of 2020, but I wanted you to listen to the first version, which has 13 songs. So Hannah is now going to go through and rank the 13 songs on this album. What do you think would be better to talk about as a whole? Maybe first. I think, just I think first. General, yeah, I think give your general oversights first, and then you can go into specifics. Yeah. So I had never heard any of the songs on this album, like I said. I never heard of the artist until Alyssa. Well, you had mentioned her like a month or two before. When we went on our trip to Nashville, I mentioned okay. her. It's about a month a month before. Right. And it was really interesting to listen to the album the first time through because I was like, Oh, you hear the first song of an album and you can kind of get a feel for where the album will go. That's how it generally works. And then the second song plays and I'm like, okay, maybe we're maybe we're shifting gears. And then the third song plays and I'm like, okay, I don't know where we're going. Um, it was really interesting though. And like a lot of artists will do different styles, but they'll do them on different albums. Like Lady Gaga, for example, who we did, like every album is like a different style, but she sticks to it within the songs. And so it was super interesting, and I really enjoyed it. Like, I thought it was really creative. I thought a lot of the, like, production and, like, vocal choices were really cool. I don't mind that she did so many different, like, styles and genres. I don't know if people have an issue with that, but I personally don't. I think that's cool. Um, And I thought one of the things I enjoyed the most was, like, the transitions between songs is so smooth. Like, it's maybe one of the best I've heard on an album, um, but yeah, it's it's one of my favorite albums I've heard in, like, is a collective album. It's probably one of my favorites I've heard in a long time, to be honest. It was it was great. Yeah, I think I mentioned it when we talked, uh, when I revealed this to you, that, that I think this, like, she's my artist of, of 2021, uh, for sure. Yeah. Like, uh, I, I know this album came out last year, but I think I probably, I heard Cherry last year, but I didn't get into this album until maybe in the early winter is the first time I had, had actually listened to her full album. And I agree, it, it was very kind of surprising in a way to hear all the, the different types of... You can clearly hear, there is one song the first time I heard it that I was like, this feels like 90s Christina Aguilera, Britney Spears. I'm like, this is that feel. And like, it really emulates that on... Um, a lot of her songs you can hear the influences but then there's also a lot of really creative choices that are just very unique and don't really have like a specific influence so i thought the production was really well done as well i would agree with that yeah the last note i just had is like she has a lot of really interesting i guess what i would call like bridges i don't know if they're always bridges but a lot of like modern music's kind of forgotten like they just kind of don't do bridges anymore 
And she actually, like, most of her songs do. And I those were some of my favorite parts of her songs were, like, those bridges, like, going into the last second, maybe second to last or last chorus. Um, yeah, so that was my last note. I wouldn't say there's a bad song on this album. Mm-hmm. I think there are songs that are certainly stronger than other songs, but I genuinely enjoy all the songs on this album. And I had a really hard time ranking my songs, even though this wasn't, like, I've already heard this album, like, ten times. <laughs> yeah. I think that's why I switched it so much because, like, we've really only known for, like, two to three weeks about these albums, so it's it's hard to, like, I wanted to try and listen through a couple times to get a good feel, but every time I listen through, I change my order. So I'm like, all right, we'll see how this goes. Okay, so that, number 13, um, it's, it's Fuck This World, it's an interlude. I think it, I think this song is good. I think, though, it's just meant to be, like, a transition, a tra- transition piece. Um, it's got, like, a cool vibe, but I think the fact that it is, like, to me feels just, like, almost like a filler transition piece, I don't think I could put it higher for that aspect. Yeah, I ranked this as number 12 on my list, so very similar to your ranking. All right, so number 12 was, hold on. Comme des garçons. Okay, like the boys. Yes. I do really like this song, but... This is a song that I feel like if I were out at a club would be a really good dance song. The problem was I was listening to this song alone, <laughs> like by myself, and I was like, I couldn't get into it as much as I would have had I been with like a group of people, I feel like. This one gives me like a Lady Gaga vibe a little bit. Um, I love how her smooth her voice sounds, and I think it's got a really great beat, but I do think it gets a little bit repetitive and I get lost kind of in the beat of the song as opposed to actually like listening to it yeah i i knew you weren't gonna rank the song very high just because i know what kind of music you like so just because i was curious and i looked it up um comme des garçons is the name of a japanese fashion brand that translates into english like the boys so i ranked that number five on my list because i i danced and like that is a it's a dance hit like you can feel it. But I totally understand, you know, not being in that environment, how it, it would rank lower on the on the list. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I think if I went out to a club and this song came on, it would go higher up on my list because it feels mm-hmm. like one of those songs that you would just be able to, like, dance to. All right. Number 11, I did Who's Gonna Save You Now. To me, this is, like, more of, like, a, gives me more of, like, a Paramore rock vibe a little bit. Um, I like being able to hear the drums, like, really, like, they're just going hard on those drums. I actually, though, but I think my problem with this song is, like, to me, the chorus is one of the weakest of all of her songs on the album. And I I like the second half of the song a lot more than the first half. Like, I think it takes me a while to get to the point where I like the song a lot that, for me, it like, that drops it down. So I really like this song. I have it as number four on my list. And I think you're right when you said it kind of sounds Paramore. It's very pop punk. And I love I love me some pop punk. So I I just, I like kept trying to figure out where to rank it, this one. And I wasn't sure. And then it kept just moving up my list and ended up at fourth. So I agree. I do agree, though. I think the second half is better than the first. Yeah. All right. So number 10 is Snakeskin. So this is the last song on her album. Mm-hmm. And I'm always curious to see how artists choose to end their albums. Um, I think like she does some really interesting vocal things. But it's almost like it's weird because the whole song feels like it's building towards like a battle. Like it. 
it kind of builds the whole time. I, I like the changing up of speeds. I think the song's really cool. Um, it's different. You know, it like breaks down at one point. I really enjoyed that. I just think that the, because I didn't really listen to the words of this song, but I don't think the point is to like listen to the words, at least in my opinion. It was more just like the, mm-hmm. what was going on around the song. Um, and I really do like the piano part at the end, which is, I think is cool. But for some reason, this song just kept, like, when I was making my list, it just kept falling mm-hmm. each time. And I don't know why. I don't know if it's because... I don't know. Because I like the song. It just, for some reason, it kept falling. Yeah, I think it's interesting. Your 10, 11, 12 were my 4, 5, and 6. So, Snakeskin, I put as number 6. And I, like, I think it works really interesting as a final song of an album. Because, again, it feels like you're building to something and then the album ends, so that's it. But I really like it. I really like the style she does in it. You know, she gets kind of, like, has a lot of range and does a lot of, like, interesting things with it. Um, So that's why I ranked it higher. That one, like, comes to mind. When I was ranking yours is I, like, listened to it once and then I was like, okay, what do I remember? Like, what are the things that I, like, stand out to me when I listen to the second time I can be like oh this yeah all right number nine paradising um I love how the at the beginning like the intro the chorus plays super lightly and then I think it's got like another great beat um the chorus is super addictive to me and when I listened to the album that was like one of the choruses that stuck in my head it kind of gives me like a video game like anime vibe almost like with the background um but I think to me it's like I don't think it does as much during the verses where it kept me hooked like I was waiting for the chorus almost the whole song yeah I uh, so I rank this as number seven so kind of close to where you put it I I agree with a lot of what you said I think the chorus is really catchy like it's one of the catchiest choruses on this album I think why I really like it a lot is because it it the song's all about like thinking back on your youth like this like freedom and independence you had at like a you know teen your teenage years it's fun like it, it kind of reminds me of like Avril Lavigne it kind of has that that sort of Avril Lavigne vibe and um, I think that's why I like it a lot yeah I, I wrote uh, gives me an Avril vibe yeah definitely all right <clears throat> all right number eight is chosen family. Um, the beginning was giving me, like, Owl City vibes, <laughs> like, the instrumentation. Um, I think this is interesting because it's one of her only songs, or maybe only song on this album, where she stays slow the entire song. And I wrote that this song, it sounded like Flashlights by Jesse J from Pitch Perfect 2. And, um, I like that, I, li- I like to hear her vocals in this way, with not a lot of instrumentation and just to get, like to hear how talented she is as a vocalist because I knew she had a really good voice when I was listening to the album but this was a song where I was like oh like she has a really like really really good voice like because her vocals really do shine through the reason it's a little bit lower is because I think the like bridge section um and I think the length of it like I almost wish she went one less chorus because it Towards the end, I was, like, looking to see how much time was left, which I don't, I don't love to do that during songs. Like, I would rather just listen to a song and, like, enjoy the whole time. Like, I just listen to 
all too well the 10 minute version off of yeah. Taylor Swift's red and I like didn't check the time the entire like I didn't check the time um yes. so that's that's the only reason why I put it a little bit lower but I, I think this song like really does highlight her her vocals and she's an amazing singer um so I yeah I put the song as number 11 so this is the song she recorded with Elton John so she did a version of this with Elton John for her deluxe album and I think hearing that I like that version a little better which is why I think this one kind of ended up lower on my list. But I agree. I, it really highlights her vocals. It feels like, almost like a Lady Gaga ballad in a way. Um, or like Kesha, like a Kesha ballad kind of deal where you can like really hear like the vocal range and like how good of that she is of a singer. But yeah, I agree with pretty much everything you said. All right. Number seven, Love Me For Me. Um, I love the lyrics of this song. Like, love it it's giving me like a slow like 2000s r&b vibe it almost reminds me a little bit of jojo in a way some of her like songs she made i think the instrumentation is nice there's like a cool guitar solo in it um but again it's like it's a song that i want to like more and i don't know why because i think it's got a really a lot of really good elements to it but there's, like, one thing missing from the song, and I don't know what it is, but I think if it had, like, one extra thing, this might have been, like, one of my top three songs. It's interesting you say that. This is my number one song. <laughs> I love this song. Yeah, Love Me For Me is number one. So when I first listened to this album, this is the song that hooked me, where I was like, I'm in. The way it builds, that it's, like, starts kind of slow, and then, like, the tempo picks up, and the beat kicks in, and it feels like straight out of the 90s, early 2000s, R&B feels very Christina Aguilera. Like, this is the song that I'm like, I can see, like, those, like, Destiny's Child, Christina Aguilera, Britney Spears influences. For me, a lot of the times, because I used to dance, like, a song that I can, like, I can hear and I can see, like, the movement of usually is really high for me, like, usually hooks me really quickly. This is one of those songs. I don't think this is her best song, but it's my favorite song. So that's why it's number one. I kind of had a feeling it was going to be like your number one or two. Because as soon as I heard the song, I go, oh, I bet Alyssa loves this yeah. song. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I was like, that is that is a song that I'm like, I am here for. Okay. All right. Number six is Excess. 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 Um, so this one very much gives me like a 2000s pop girl group, girl, girl group, girl group vibe. I, I was thinking like Cheetah Girls for a minute there. <laughs> I was like, this is like kind of Cheetah Girls-esque. Um, I love the beat. I love the backing vocals. I love just the general feeling of this song. I think this is a song that like I would have loved when I was younger and I still think it's a really good song. Um, and I think it's interesting because when I first listened to it, I was like, is she like gloating or is she making a point about like, um, you should watch the music video. Okay. Yep. Yeah, I'm getting to it. Yeah, <laughs> so, okay. Okay. Or is she talking about like, um, what's the word? Um, not, oh, what is the word? Capitalism. S. Capitalism. Yeah. And then I found the music video and I was like, oh, she's making a point basically about capitalism. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I think it's a really interesting song. I think the, like, just the vibe of it's really cool. And this is a song that, like, I would put on, like, any playlist when I'm driving in my car, just, like, jam out to it. Yeah. So this song, I ranked number three, Excess, on my list. And so this, just so you know, 
is her most popular song, at least in views on Spotify, probably her most well-known, I would say. I agree. It feels like the vibe is like, when she starts singing, it feel it's like I I'm like Christina Aguilera, mm-hmm. you know, or like yeah, like girl group, yeah, early girl groups like two thousands, Destiny Child, that kind of vibe. The backing, like the intro, is really interesting. Like it's kind of got this like almost Bollywood like mm-hmm. you know type deal going on to start, and then it like hits really hard and then starts. And I agree. I think like even with, with the accompaniment of the music video, I think it's really really good. All right, so number five, I put Dynasty. It was interesting because the first time I listened to the album, I actually had this song, like, lower. Mm -hmm. And then I kept listening to it, and I was like, you know what? It's actually, like, it's a really great great way to start the album. Like, I love the way it builds. It feels like a super powerful song. I love the bridge part with the background vocals. I love how her vocals, like, soar over the music and the production. And I just, like, love the intensity. I think it's, like, a really smart song. And I think it was, like, the right choice for the first song on the album because it really does, like... It's weird because I feel like it sets the tone, maybe not for the style or, like, the genre, but, like, the intensity of the album, so to speak. Yeah, I put this song as number eight on my list. I think it's a really strong start to an album, and the way it builds really works really well. I think, for me, why it's kind of mid-pack is that I just... There's so many songs I like more for specific reasons but it's it is a really good song i really like everything that is encompass encompasses everything like with the album in that song i feel like it kind of covers multiple genres throughout it which i really like to see number four is bad friend um i i really loved how this song like started slow like it really caught my attention and it kind of gives me like billy eilish vibes a little bit but i love the vocal layer the vocal layering, especially on the chorus, um, I was, like, really listening to the words of this song, and I feel like because of her style, some of her music, maybe I don't focus as much on the vocals and, like, what's being said as, like, the production and, like, what's going on behind the scenes, um, but I love, there's a part where the song, like, drops, (laughs) it's like the beat comes in, and I'm, like, I was, like, sitting at my, uh, computer, (laughs) I was, like, jamming out, um, but yeah, it's just like, it's a cool song. Yeah, so I ranked the song as number two, and I think this is her best song. Um, as I said, like, I, I had a favorite, but I think this is her best written and best produced song. The way the music works is great. I love the kind of buildup. I love the backing. I love that bridge where the chorus comes in, like, right before the last verse. Um, and I think it's a concept that everyone can relate to you have like friendships that just kind of end and then you like aren't close and you don't talk but you have like you know still like great memories and things and I think everyone can kind of understand that concept and there's not really a lot of songs that kind of encompass that feeling so I I really think it's a really well written and well produced song um I think it's her best song And I kind of thought this was going to happen. Your top three were all nine or below for me. And I kind of thought this might happen. I think I know what your number one song is, just knowing you. But I'm really interested to see. It's, it's, this is really interesting to do because, like, you're talking about someone who knows an album versus someone who's just heard it, like, two weeks ago. So it's, it is going to be, like, I feel like, I feel like mine for my artist are going to be, like, very different than your ranking. Yeah, they definitely couldn't be. 
Number three is shut the fuck up. (laughs) (laughs) There was ever a song that I wish I could just like play like as my, like this is my theme song to my life. Um, I was like blown away when I first heard this song because I was like, is this, am I listening to System of a Down's album? Like all of a sudden it was like we were going almost like scream music. But then I was like, it's like pink vibes, like no doubt vibes. Um, I was not expecting it. I think that's part of the reason why it ranks so high was just like the surprise factor. But I think her voice is interesting because it works on so many different styles. And the chorus of the song is like, I wrote it's very much me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I, I love the part where she's like laughing. <laughs> she's like, ha And then she like hits this note and I'm like. Oh yeah. She's like laugh singing. I love yeah. it. Um, yeah. I just like this song is like my vibe like i i love this song i just do yeah she actually this year released a cover of sandman by metallica so you have to look that up yeah after it's very good so i ranked the song as number nine i love this song i think it's fantastic i think it's great i think the reason why i have it ranked lower though is because it's not a song i can listen to a lot like it's like very specific times where i'm like i just want to rage but i agree it feels very at times it feels very pink very like evanescence almost a little avril too like kind of similar to like her new song bite me you know it's kind of like that like getting back at someone kind of deal like shut the fuck up um but also has like very metal screamo type thing and i I think it's a really well done song and it definitely because it's the third song on the album it kind of just like it hits and you're like oh like okay wasn't expecting that um but yeah it's a it's a really good song i really like it number two is akasaka sad hope i said that right yes um i love this song (laughs) Like I, I, was, I knew you. I knew you would like this one. <laughs> like I was like, this is a very, this is a very Hannah song. And it's what the, it's the fifth, fifth, fifth song. Oh, sorry, it's the fifth song. Yeah, it's like yeah. midway through. Um, yeah, I was like jamming out to this song. Every time I listened to the album, I was waiting for this song to come on. Um, I really like the beat. I like it because it's this weird tempo speed where you're like, you have to keep listening because it's like you think it should be faster. Um, I love the chorus. I think the style choice is super cool. Um, you get some Japanese mixed in this song. Like, it's just cool. It's like, it's my vibe. I, I very much feel this song, like, is how, how do I say this? It's one of those songs where, like, I feel like I could keep listening to and not get sick of. Yeah, so I ranked this song number 13. It's last on my list. So I think the reason why, like, again, I don't think there's a bad song on this album, but I, out of all those songs, I think this one is the one I think of the least. I think this one is the one that doesn't catch me. Like, when I hear it, I'm like, oh yeah, it's great, but like, I'm never thinking about it when I've gone to listen to the album, and like, when I'm thinking about songs, like, this one never comes up for me. So I don't know why specifically like this one just isn't for me like it doesn't like like listening to it when I because I listened to it through again to rank and then also for this and I was like Hannah's gonna really like this one because I just knew that that was like this year kind of song but like for me it just like doesn't hit for me so that's why it ranked last it's just not as memorable as some of the other ones Mm -hmm. number one it's Tokyo Love Hotel 
I guess this is just another song about Tokyo. <laughs> Could not get that line out of my head. Yeah. <laughs> for the whole week, like, I listened to this. <laughs> it's interesting because this is one of the longest songs on the album. Yeah. Also, her album's, like, it goes by so quick. It's, like, 45 minutes. A lot of the songs are, like, three minutes, which, mm-hmm. you know, is kind of a sweet spot. Um, I love this song. I love how it builds. I love the chorus. I love how the chorus switches up from the verse. Um, I love the structure. I think the structure is really cool. I think it's a really good mix of components, and the style really works for Rena as well as works for me. And, like, this is a song on the album that... This is the song that I think got me. Like, how you said Love Me For Me mm-hmm. was your song. Yeah. Like, this was the one for me where I heard this, and I was like, yeah. Yeah, this works. Yeah, so I ranked this one as number 10. I think the chorus is really, really strong with this one. Um, I think the rest of the song doesn't grab me as strong as some of the other ones, though. But I, like, I really love the chorus. Like, just hearing it right now, it, like, it, like, it, like, hits. Like, the chorus hits really hard. I think that works really well. But it's interesting is that's what stuck, that's what got stuck in your head, is, like, that specific line. Mm -hmm. Um, Because that, that's never happened to me listening to this before. But I can, I can see it. And yeah, I agree. It's a it's a good song, just not as strong as some of the other ones for me. Yeah. Um. Let me just run through my list really quick. Yeah, I was gonna say I could do the same as well. Okay. Yeah. So thirteen, I had uh the fuck this world interlude. Twelve is what is it? Comme des garçons. Comme des garçons. Comme des garçons. Comme des garçons. <laughs> like the boys. Like the boys. <laughs> Eleven. Who's gonna save you now? 12, Snakeskin, 9, Paradising, 8, Chosen Family, 7, Love Me For Me, 6, XS, 5, Dynasty, 4, Bad Friend, 3, Shut The Fuck Up, 2, Akasaka Sad, 1, Tokyo Love Hotel. So for my list, at number 13, I have Akasaka Sad, 12, Fuck This World Interlude, 11, Chosen Family, 10, Tokyo Love Hotel, 9, Shut The Fuck Up exclamation point eight dynasty seven paradison six snakeskin five come de gasson like the boys four who's gonna save you now three excess two bad friend and one love me for me all right so now we are moving into the artist i chose for you yes who is betty who 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 betty who <laughs> Uh, real name is Jessica Newham. She was born in Sydney, Australia, and she is a Australian-American singer-slash-songwriter. Um, she's 30 years old. So she lived in Sydney till her mid-teens, and then she moved to the U.S. in 2007 to attend the Interlochen Center for the Arts, which is near Traverse oh. City, Michigan. A lot of artists come mm-hmm. out of Interlochen. I know um, Borns came from Interlochen. There's a, a t- I knew someone who um, was a counselor there. Yeah. Like someone I knew who was in the, the music program. Like a lot of artists go to Interlochen. It's a really well-known musical, like camp and school and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so she was self-taught on piano, guitar, and cello. Um, her stage name actually comes from the title of a song she composed when she was 16, she went to Interlochen and then she moved back to Australia, like near high school. She ended up moving back to the U.S. to go to Berkeley College of Music, which is in Boston, Massachusetts. She was actually in the same class as Charlie Puth, 
they met oh, there. Okay. And she also met her producer, Peter Thomas. He was another student um, okay. who basically became her main like collaborator on all her future music. Um, he's also worked with Selena Gomez, Pink, and the band Shepherd, who's also from Australia. Her debut single, Somebody Loves You, which is on the album I chose. I should say, I didn't, I never said. I don't think you said what the album was. Okay, so the album I chose for Alyssa is um, Take Me When You Go, which was uh, Betty Who's debut album. In 2014. In 2014, yes. I did write that down. So she debuted her single, Somebody Loves You, and it was released independently as a free download, and it quickly gained a lot of traction. Um, And then after that, she released an EP, which helped her get signed by RCA Records, who she signed with and released um, Take Me When You Go With. Since then, she's actually split with them and is actually independently making music again. So she identifies as a queer bisexual woman. Um, She did actually get, I'm pretty sure she's engaged to her uh, boyfriend who's like a photographer. Um, So she has three albums out right now at the moment. A couple of her songs have reached number one on the U.S. dance uh, club songs charts. Mm-hmm. And she's done tours with Katy Perry, um, Panic at the Disco, Kesha, and Kylie Minogue, who's a Australian artist. Can't get you out of my head. Yes. Um, and all those, I believe all of those, she was the, um, like, their opening acts for them. And she's done okay. her own uh, independent tours as well since then. But yeah, that is, that's her background. All right. Do you have any um, general feelings about the album? Yeah, so um, you told me you you got a kind of like a church's vibe to it, and I I can definitely see that. It is a very like like electro pop, synth pop, like dance hits is what it feels like. I also got a lot of like Robin, uh, like dancing on my own, like that kind of feel to it as well. I I had like a little bit of an Avril vibe too at times. So about this album, it's very interesting because the album I gave you is like every, like all the songs are very, very different. And I would say that this album, a lot of the songs have a very similar feel. And I do really like the album, but I feel like because a lot of the songs are very, very similar, it was kind of hard for me to differentiate between like what song was what when I was trying to like go through and rank them like, okay was that this song or is that this song and then I have to go back and listen because I'm like okay I'm not entirely sure I haven't gone and listened to some of her future stuff like I've only literally listened to this album so I'd be curious to see like how she evolves like as the years go on because I feel like she'll improve is is my so I think I think what I determined is that this at sometimes this album feels like really polished but like too polished at times and I really liked the songs where it felt like a little bit unpolished like were the ones that I seemed to gravitate to just like kind of listening to it um so that would be my one complaint is that it just feels like a little too produced a little too polished at times and that the songs are can be a little too similar like separately are very good but all together I feel like it it's like too cohesive Mm -hmm. because I kind of like I like a little bit of difference you know like uh, a little more differential but on the whole I did really like all the music on it yeah it's very much like you know what you're getting a couple songs in yeah it's interesting because this song like 
I was looking up something and it's like consistently been on underrated albums of the 2010s. Yeah. Like that a lot of people have like, oh, I've never heard of this. I think she definitely excels in like the catchy like chorus like beats mm-hmm. because there are a lot of the choruses I just get stuck in my head. But yeah, I think it's definitely a solid album. It, her new music, part of me wonders if that's part of the reason why she split with the the record company. Yeah. Because she's releasing music independently again and she's, her latest album um, I've been listening to and it's definitely like, I feel like more of what she would want to do with her okay. sound. Yeah. So you should definitely listen to some of her newer stuff. Yeah, I'm like planning to... All right, yeah. Okay, so for my ranking, let me figure out. So for number 13, I have California Rain. And I think what it is is like this for me is a really odd choice for a final song of an album because it's really her only song that's super, super slow, very like low produced. There's not a lot going on. It's pretty much piano. Feels very like almost haunting in a way. It's really, really slow compared to a lot of the dance beats. And I feel like this was a little jarring for me. I think if maybe this had come a little earlier, like maybe the second to last song or the third to last song, maybe it wouldn't have just seemed kind of out of place where it was at. I don't think it's a bad song. I just think the placement of it, listening it in order on the album made it not... And it's also a really long song. I think it's, like, five minutes long. It's, like, yeah, four and a half minutes long. So it's, like, one of the longest songs on our album, too. So it just, like, didn't feel right for me at that place, which is why it was last, I think. Yeah, I have it as number six. Um, When I first heard the album, I was the same as you. I was like, oh, this is very bizarre to do this last. It kind of catches you off guard. Um, But the more I've listened to this album all the way through, I actually really like that she ended with it. Um... I don't know. It, it's slow. It's haunting. It's kind of a song that I, the style I enjoy. And you kind of just get to focus on the words of the song, which I feel like for a lot of her other songs, it's very much more focused on like the beat of the song and like the chorus and all that. So I kind of like it like that, but I understand what you're saying. Like it's, it is kind of a weird place to put it at the end. She probably could have put it like a couple towards the end. Yeah. Even like second to last, right. I think would have been fine. And end yeah. on like a higher up song. Yeah. So number 12, I have Missing You. I think maybe why this is lower is I think the chorus is really catchy and the beat's kind of slow, but when I was listening through, this is one I always forgot, is like the fifth song on the album. So it's pretty like early to mid-pack point in time, but like I would be like, okay, I think this one's coming next and this one, and then I would just forget this one. I'm not sure why that is specifically. But I don't think it's a bad song. I think just for me, it's not as memorable as some of the other ones and didn't like catch me as much. And I have a feeling just by the way you're looking at me, this is one of your favorite songs. Yeah, this is my number two. Okay. It's for me, it's like the first song in the album that I feel like mixes it up a little bit that strays mm-hmm. from like the the uh, pop like pop dance. Hit. Yeah, it, it's yeah. slower. I think the backing vocals are cool. I think the beat's cool. And the chorus, like you said, the chorus just, like, works. And I can't explain why it works so well, but it just does. The song's pretty, like, low-key, kind of, like, uh, cooler vibe. Like, there's some really cool vocal choices at the end of the song. I just, I've, it's one of those songs when I first heard it, like, I really liked it. And it's one of the songs that I still, to this day, will put on playlists. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's it's definitely, like, a stylistic choice, though, I think. A lot of, it was, like, the same with the yeah. other album. So, number 11, I have Better. I think as a somber song, I like better more than Missing You. 
I think just like the chorus like hits harder I think you can kind of feel more of like the emotional like feeling I kind of got the impression that this album is a lot about like relationships breakups like that kind of stuff breakup b-esque song like I feel like I felt the emotion more with this one than um with missing you for me personally yeah better for me is number 12 I I do like the song I just think compared to the rest of the album it doesn't stack up for some reason I think it's a cool song but it just feels a bit plain I guess compared to the rest of her music and I think the end's cool there's a cool like breakdown at the end but yeah it's just never been one of my favorite songs of hers so number 10 i have a night to remember i think the issue i have with this one is it takes a really long time to build up why am i so loud really loud yeah my why is my audio so loud got really loud in my ear what the fuck (laughs) okay is that better yeah that's better i don't know maybe it like auto adjusted (laughs) so number 10 i have a night to remember and so I think the song just takes, like, a really long time to build. Like, it starts off slow all the way through the first chorus, and then it, like, picks up to, like, dance hit. And I think I just don't like the structure of that build. I think it could have maybe been done a little better. But it's catchy, and it, like, fits that, like, kind of pop dance vibe that I'm here for. Yeah, I have it as number nine. Um, I agree with you. Pretty much everything you said. I think the the back half of the song is a lot stronger than the first half. Yeah. And I agree. I think it took too long to get there. I almost felt like she was going for like a, almost like Taylor Swift vibe at the beginning where she was trying to like tell a story, but it was just, it just didn't work in that style. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. But yeah, it's a good song. I just, second half better. Yeah. Okay. So, so for number nine, I have Alone Again. So I think, I'm looking at my notes that I wrote, I think that I wish, based on the lyrics of the song, that the beat was a bit more somber. Oh my god. What the fuck? Yeah, I don't, I don't know. It's very weird. I don't like that. I'm not a fan of that. Why are you doing this, Audacity? Stop it. (laughs) I think, based on the lyrics, I think I wish it would be more somber. It almost feels too upbeat for the the subject matter you know like i mean clearly the title being alone again and it's a fine song um it's just not amazing to me so yeah it was number 13 for me um i think it's pretty simple i i think it's one of the weaker choruses and i agree just like it the words don't match the beat of the song it's just like a weird vibe yeah i agree so number eight i have runaways this song to me kind of feels almost lady god 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 damn it (laughs) this song to me feels almost like lady gaga-esque born this way um edge of glory hannah i don't understand (laughs) why is it doing this to me it's never done this before i really am very confused hannah like i don't know what to do about this i can just i can just hear the volume I didn't know it could even adjust itself <laughs> while you were recording. This is going to be a pain to edit. Oh, my God. Um, okay, so, yay for me. So, I don't remember. It feels very Lady Gaga-esque, like, Edge of Glory, uh, Born This Way vibes to it. I like it. 
I think there are just stronger, stronger songs, but it's got that kind of like hook, that beat hook for the, the chorus and it build, I feel like the build's a lot better with this one than the previous one. So I, I it's like a good mid-pack song. Yeah, I have, uh, it is number 11. It's one of the songs that I always just get lost in the mix of it. And like, before I know it, it's over. And I'm like, did I listen to that song at all? <laughs> um, I like the chorus, but I also think it's like not unique enough to go higher up on my list. But yeah, it's it's a good song. It just like, to me, I, it's one I always like mindlessly listen to. So number seven, I have Glory Days. This is one of the songs that like, I could, rem- oh God, is it doing it again? Not as bad, no. So this is one of the songs that I um could remember like bits and pieces of like would stick out to me when I was thinking about it. This song, it's interesting because I ranked this in the same ranking I ranked Paradising Rena from Rena's album, which I think are very, very similar songs. Like it has this like glorification of like your youth and like freedom and independence that comes with like, you know, being a teenager and find you know, figuring things out and, you know, making mistakes and stuff. It gave me like really big like, Katy Perry, like like Friday night and like here's never growing up, Avril Lavigne. And I like it. I think it's a good song. It's fun, but I just don't think the storytelling is as strong as, like, what I would want it to be, which is why I think it's a little bit lower is because, like, I think I want better, want like, a better storytelling with this type of song. Like, if you're going to do this type of thing, like, it's got to be strong. So I think that's why it's a little bit lower. Yeah, I put it as number seven. It's like a mid-pack song for me. Mm-hmm. It's interesting you say, because like one of her influences she cites is Katy Perry, so okay. that makes sense. Yeah. Um, it kind of, the beginning almost gives me like a summer of 69 vibe. Yeah, Like with the bit. story aspect. But yeah, mm-hmm. it's it's one of those songs that it sticks in my head a lot, the chorus at least. Um, It's super catchy. I like how they switch up some of the bridge, like tempo areas. But yeah, I agree with you. It's just like, a, I'd say it's like an average song. Like it is to me kind of similar to Paradising actually when you mention that where it's a yeah. good song it get, it gets stuck in your head but it's like beyond that it doesn't do much for me so number six I have Just Like Me which is the first song on her album and it's interesting because this one is not also kind of not what you'd expect for like a first song on an album it almost feels a little different to the bulk of like her songs um I like it, though. It's got kind of, like, a slower start. This is the one that, like, made me really... I'm like, oh, I feel like this feels like Robin. Like, the artist Robin is where I got that kind of feel. And it's a little bit slower, but I think it works really well. And, like, the build works. And I like, like, the the transition to the chorus a lot. I think that works really well, too. Um, but it just, like, it sounds very interesting. And it kind of, like, draws you in in a way. So I think it works as a first song. But it's just, like, interesting dynamic with like the rest of the songs yeah i put it as number eight it was actually the first song of hers i've ever heard before Mm -hmm. so there's like a nostalgia thing there um but yeah i think it i I kind of agree with you it's kind of a weird first song to have it feels like more of a mid it should have been like middle the album song um but yeah i think the backing track's cool i loved like how she mixes softer notes with more power powerful ones i really like the chorus of it but yeah it's it's a it to me it's like a a mid-pack song so number five, I have a heartbreak dream. This is like breakup song pop anthem. Um, it's really fun and it's like not kind of what you would expect for like a 
breakup song like usually those are very slow or somber really emotional and this one's like very poppy and very fun and I kind of like that I think that works really well you know and the lyrics are interesting and I like like you know it's over while it's still kind of going on thing um vibe that she kind of has going throughout it and yeah I really like it yeah we have a match um I have heartbreak dreams number five as well I agree with pretty much everything you said um, I really like the vocals on this song. I think she sounds really good on it. I think the chorus is good. I like the verses. I like the beat. And I agree with you. Like, it's it's a nice way to do a breakup song because sometimes you just want to, like, vibe out to a song while not just listening to something super depressing. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so it's, I like the quieter parts of this song. I just think it's a really solid song through and through. So number four, I have All of You. Loves all of me. <laughs> Loves all of you. I feel like that title is now stolen by John Legend. This song is, I'll just read you my comment I wrote about it, is that it's very relationship heavy, but good. Like, I think it kind of encapsulates that, like, a chaotic relationship energy where it's, like, breaking up and getting back together, breaking up, getting back together, which it seems like to encapsulate, but it does it in this, like, kind of dance track. Chorus is really catchy. Uh, Beats really catchy of this song. Works really well. I think it works works good as like a dance hit and um i liked it a lot yeah i have it as number three i've always really liked this song it's one of the ones that's mm-hmm. always stuck with me i agree i think it has one of the strongest choruses i think it's got a really great dance beat i said the song just like throat punches you with the production <laughs> but in a good way yeah. um yeah. it just like hits you but yeah it's it's a good song it's fun i would love to go dance to this song out at a club so number three i have high society Now, this is the second song on the album, and I think this should have been the first song. I think this is a really, would have been a really strong start to the album and would have worked a little better than the um, Just Like Me. That was number one. I really like this one because I feel like her vocal range is very distinct in this song. She almost sounds more like Katy Perry, like vocally, than she does in a lot of her other songs drinking Chardonnay in the day, like that bit about the Chardonnay in the day, like. Is something that like played on repeat for a bit from this album and yeah it's a it's a really catchy song it's not one i would was expecting to be as catchy as it is like i wasn't expecting to like this one as much but the more i listened to it the more i liked it so yeah i put as number four it was funny because when i remembered the songs on the album i immediately was like this is gonna be in Alyssa's top three yeah. Like, because I just know, I know this is, like, yeah. a style, like, that I thought you would like. Um, Yeah, it's got a really good, like, dance beat. Like, there's a cool build. I, it's super catchy. I mean, this one always gets stuck in my head. Um, It's another great beat. Like, I think you get, a lot of times you just get, like, lost in the song, just, like, jamming out to it. So, yeah, it's, it's a cool song. So, number two, I have Dreaming About You. Um, and this is a kind of similar thing to my ranking for the arena uh, for Sawayama, where I think this is the best song on the album. It's not my favorite, but I think it's the best song. This one really caught me, like, because it's, it's the second to last song. Um, it's number 12. So I wasn't expecting it that late in the album to be that good. And maybe that's also why I dislike California Rain so much is because this one is like so like caught me so quick and I was like so into it. I think it feels a lot less polished than a lot of the other songs. Like her vocal range, she does a lot more interesting things with it. And you can kind of feel a bit more of like raw, like passion um, that I don't think you get in a lot of the more like produced hits on this album. But I think it's really, really good. And I really like the story and the lyrics I think are really good too. Like just like songwriting wise. 
I think this is the best song on the album, but there's one I just personally like more. Yeah, it's interesting. I put this as number 10. Okay. I had a feeling you were going to have this song high because this to me is like how I ranked like the boys with Rena's yeah. where I feel like this song, if I was with a group of people, like, cause it's like very much like a really good beat and like, I would love to dance to this song, like out, like everything like that. I do agree with you though. I think it's like one of the strongest, like in terms of like a complete song and it is a lot less polished. I think just mm-hmm. personally, like when I was ranking these songs, I was very much in like a I'm trapped inside, like, yeah. <laughs> I haven't been out to a club in a while mood, Fair. so I put it lower, but yeah, this song, like, I remember when I heard the album, too, I was like, I wish this would have been the last song. Yeah. Like, I, I think that would end it on a high note. I think so. So, number one, I have Somebody Loves You, and it's interesting to know that this is actually, like, a single prior to, a, like, a studio album that was released first, and... This just feels like if Whitney Houston made a dance hit in, like, the 2000s. Like, if she made, you know, I Want to Dance with Somebody in, like, 2010, this is what it would sound like. I can understand why it got, like, blew up in popularity when it came out. I can understand why this made her, like, brought her into the attention of, like, the music industry. Because it's very fun. It is a, it's a dance anthem. Like... I wanted to dance just, like, sitting in my car. Like, when I was listening to it, I was like, yes, let's go. Like, I'm ready. I think this is this is my favorite song. I, I think um, Dreaming About You, I think, is a better made song, better produced and, like, written song. But this one just feels like a dance hit. Like, this one just feels like I'm out. I am have a drink in hand. Hopefully not a, a bouncer's not going to knock it out of my hand, you know, and I'm having a great time. Um, just belting it out dancing is what I feel like this is. And so I feel like as an album that's like a dance, like pop, electro pop, synth pop, like dance kind of album, I think this is the best song on it for that feel. Yeah, it's my number one song as well. It's to this day my still my favorite song of hers. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it, it's, you. I mean, you basically said everything. Um. Her vocals, like, really soar on this song. Like, the mixing, the tempo's really good. I like the verses. I think the whole song just flows really well. And, like, it's very much a song I would love to go out and dance to. I, again, put this song on a ton of playlists. Like, great, great song. Yeah. All right. So, I'm just going to run through my rankings again. Um, number 13, I have California Rain. 12, Missing You. 11, Better. 10, A Night to Remember. 9, Alone Again. 8, Runaways. Seven, Glory Days. Six, Just Like Me. Five, Heartbreak Dream. Four, All of You. Three, High Society. Two, Dreaming About You. And one, Somebody Loves You. Yeah, and then I have 13, Alone Again. uh, Better, Runaways, Dreaming About You. A Night to Remember, Just Like Me. Glory Days, California Rain. Heartbreak Dream, High Society. All of You, Missing You. And somebody loves you. A lot of use. A lot of use. A lot of use in her uh, her song tracks. Yeah, but I, this was actually like pretty cool to do. Like I enjoyed this a lot. Yeah, it's fun because um, we kind of know to some extent each other's like musical taste, like what kind of things we'll like. So it's fun to see like where our differences are. Um, one approaching this as someone who's very familiar with the artist and has listening to a lot of their songs and another person who's just like coming at it fresh. So it's really cool to see that. Um, we are <laughs> next week's gonna be 
we'll we'll see if we can pull it together. Yeah. I don't know. It's going to be interesting. <laughs> Make it work, designers, as Tim Gunn would say. Make it work. <laughs> uh, thanks for listening. We got email, Twitter, Instagram. No website. Personal messenger bird, however you'd like to reach us. Yeah, just don't send feet pics. Still no feet pics, but yeah. Um, bye. Bye. We would like to thank Joseph McDade for our intro music. He provides free music available for all kinds of creative use. The song that we used is called Sunrise Expedition, and you can find it and his other music on his website, josephmcdade.com. If you would like to reach us, you can email us at r3podcasts at gmail.com. That's R, the number three, P-O-D-C-A-S-T-S at gmail.com. Or you can find us on Instagram by searching research rank repeat.